Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I dream the dream of days to come. Where sponsorship is high and money is forthcoming. That's beautiful, Kevin. I really added a voice onto that one, too. (laughs) I really was trying to go for something there. Listeners, we love creating this podcast, but it does cost money. Please don't make me sell my Angel record. Oh, my gosh. The original cast recording of Angel. That, like, nobody has. Nobody has it. If you like what we are doing and want us to keep doing more of it, please head over to patreon.com. What? That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Pat-reon. I feel, like <laughs> oh, Pat-reon. Yeah, Pat-reon. 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 Yeah, and once you're there, search for Behind the Curtain Broadway's Living Legends, and of course, we don't expect to give without receiving some great rewards. Such rewards include behind-the-scenes videos, shout-outs on future episodes, mm. or episodes, depending on what part of the country you're from, because <laughs> I said episodes, and early access to some of our podcasts. Hell, for the right price, Kevin and I will come to your apartment and act out all of Agnes of God. <laughs> yeah. So head over, friends, to P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com to help us out. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Curtain, and make sure to join our Facebook page at Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. And follow us on Instagram at Broadway Curtain Podcast Plus. You can always listen to our podcasts on Broadway World and Stitcher. If you were to Google the term perfect leading man, I am 110% sure that a picture of today's guest would pop up. As one of musical theater's most dashing romantic heroes, he has tackled Lancelot, Jeff Moss, Guido Contini, the Phantom, Archibald Craven, and our list goes on and on. While there are many credits to this leading man's resume, many, many credits, it is his towering Tony-nominated performance as both Dr. Jekyll and Edward Hyde, for which he is best known. And the best rendition of Kiss of the Spider-Woman that I've ever heard. Hell yeah. Just gonna throw that out there. To tell us what it was like to work with such legends as Susan Stroman, John Kander, Richard Harris, and Woody Allen, here, finally, this is the moment, get it? (laughs) Okay, great. Oh that we Bob. talk to the wonderful Robert Cuccioli. Oh God, you guys, my head is like huge now. That's yes, that's the way we want it. It's great to be here with you. Oh, we're so happy to have you. So, Robert, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up, I was born in Hempstead, New York, mm-hmm. and um, then we moved to uh, Pennsylvania, to Abington, Pennsylvania, oh. um, for a brief stint. And then moved back here when I was in the fifth grade uh, to Manhasset, 
Long Island. Yeah. And um, I did most of my growing up there. So I, I hail, I pretty much uh, claim that I hail from Manhasset. Okay, so you, but pretty close to New York City, though, would you say? Oh, or? yeah, it's only 40 minutes from, from Manhattan. Did you get to see theater a lot growing up? Not a lot. Okay. Um, my parents were not like huge theater people. And uh, actually, the very first Broadway show they brought me to was Irene. Yes, wow. I read that. Yeah, which wow. is which is not something that would inspire me to become an actor, <laughs> right? But it, you know, it was enjoy. I don't know how old I was when I went, but uh, you know, Debbie Reynolds and uh, was it Robert Reed? Uh, 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 no, you know who it was, Monty Markham. How did you pull that out, wow, Rob? Wow, wow. well, and George know. S. Irving too. And George, and George S. Irving, yeah. yeah. Who was, which was great because I see him in that, and then I became friends with them. Oh, you know, we interviewed him. Uh, in my career. So it was, oh, it was oh, wonderful. He's a special Full guy. circle. He very much, yeah. Yeah, very. Uh, so, no, theater was not a big thing. And uh, uh, I went to uh, all-boys Catholic school, high school. Uh, and, you know, we had side trips, and we came to see things like The Magic Show, I think. Yes. And, uh, like, I mean, this is dating. I'm dating myself. Yeah, here. that's all right. But... Um, uh, that was kind of it. But theater was always part of my life to some extent. Um, well, one of my best friends <clears throat> said, hey, the girls' high school is putting on Oliver, and they need some warm, breathing bodies. You Oliver? Wanna... The girls' high school is doing Oliver? They're doing Oliver. So I said, uh, sure, I'll go. And <laughs> so I, I, we ended up being in the chorus, and that was my very first stint as an, as an actor. And then we got our uh, – we employed our um, – uh, geography teacher, Mr. Giattino, to uh, to become the drama, run the drama club in the boys' high school, oh. and his wife uh, Diane was the choreographer, and uh, we started a drama club in uh, the boys' high school. So you were part of the reason why you, you the drama club was started. Would you say? Yeah, one of the yeah. one, of, one of the yeah people wow. that was part of it. That's and, pretty cool. Uh, uh, and that kind of started it, and but I never thought about doing theater as a career. I did hmm. a community theater, and I was in a rock band, and all that kind of stuff. Right, but you were in a rock band. Yeah, it was yes. a '50s rock band, and we practiced in my basement, much Classic. to my parents' chagrin. Did you play an instrument in, in said rock band? I played piano. Oh, I was the Elvis impersonator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's all those fun awesome. things. If there are photos, we'd love to yeah, see. Yeah, we'd like to post There are, and point. no, I'm not going <laughs> to do any of them. <laughs> okay, so you saw Irene. That was the first one. When did you realize that musical theater was something that you might want to pursue? Not until I was a senior in college. Okay, because wow. you went to college for for finance uh, at St. John's University, and. Um, Actually, I was I was uh, very proud to say I was just inducted into uh, the Chapel Players, which is the um, St. John's University uh, theater group. Right. Uh, their Hall of Fame this, huh. this oh, year. That's awesome. So I'm very proud. Yeah, yeah very yes, proud of that. Congratulations. That would be yeah. exciting. That's, really that's cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I did a I did a show in my uh, freshman year there, uh-huh. and I did a I did Godspell in mm-hmm. my senior year. And while I'm studying finance, I I just uh, I did this, you know, Godspell, and people said, you know, you're really good. Did you ever think of doing this as a career? Mm. And it wasn't until then that the light bulb went off, and I said, you know, if I don't give this a try, I'll say what if all my life, and I didn't want to live with that. Huh. So then I started pursuing it. I got pictures done. I made up a resume. And how'd I, you know what to do? I mean, yeah, how'd you even I, know it? Because some people go to college for that. But I didn't. You I knew didn't. a lot about it was money, all, but it's all trial and error, and it was uh, a lot of error. Yeah, <laughs> there's still a lot of error. But, <laughs> Amen. Um, 
but that's how I did it, and uh, you know, went on auditions. And uh, but meanwhile, I was working on Wall Street. What? After I graduated college, I worked on Wall Street for E.F. Hutton. Very few people remember the name of that right. company. I looked e. it up, and it's <coughs> become another company now. But it's, it's become yeah. multiple companies. Yeah. It was taken over by. It was a huge uh, like brokerage, brokerage house yeah. back in the '80s, along with Merrill Lynch, and oh, okay. uh, mm-hmm. and then they were taken over by. Shearson, and then they were taken over by American Express, and now it's basically what is UBS. Okay. Yeah. Oh. That's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. W- were your parents supportive of the fact that you were going to into a totally different career path than what you had majored oh, in? Oh, God, no. Okay. No, no, no. My, my mother cried. <gasps> yeah, and it, it, was, it was very hard for them, but uh, um, I have three wonderful sisters, yeah. two now because one passed away. Oh, sorry. But um, they were all, like, they were my support system, mm. and they were, like, with me the whole time. Wow. Um, wow. But anyway, I was, back to the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. I was um, uh, working on Wall Street, and on my, you know, lunch hours and whatever, I would go uptown, and I'd slide pictures under doors, and I'd do, like, auditions and things <gasps> like that. And then I had a friend from Community Theater Days who had a friend who was the costume uh, coordinator for the Light Opera of Manhattan, uh-huh. mm-hmm. which doesn't exist anymore. No. But it was a repertory company that worked 52 weeks out of the year. You did a new show every two weeks. Uh, you rehearsed one during the day, and you performed one at night. And they did operettas. They did like Gilbert and Sullivan. Mary and, Widow. Exactly. Yeah. And so I got a job in the chorus there. Huh. And then I did Wall Street during the day, and I did that at night. And I did that for a year and a half wow. until I couldn't do both anymore. And then I I quit Wall Street, and I never looked back. <laughs> and you ended up getting roles, too, at the Light, o- yeah, at the light Opera, Yeah, right? the, well, I, that's, it's, a, it's a long story. I'm trying to give you the Reader's Digest version that's of it. But, um, uh, yeah, I would go, I would leave work at uh, 6. I'd go up and rehearse the next show, and then we'd perform that night, the show that we're currently doing. And then uh, Wednesdays, uh, for matinees, I would leave at lunch hour, and I'd go up and do a show, and then I'd come back down again, and I'd back down to Wall Street, and I'd work until 6 o'clock, and then go back up again and do an evening show. And then when I started getting roles, I had to be there Thursday and Friday afternoons as well for rehearsal, and I would do the same thing. Oh, my God. And I was younger then. Well, I was going to say, only things you could do when <laughs> you're like in your early 20s, and you're like, yeah, yeah I'll do that, sure. Absolutely. I just, sure, I can do it. Wow. Was this an equity company? Uh, yes, I actually got my equity card with them. Um, it was primarily non-equity, but they had a couple of equity contracts. And so I was basically there for three years. I became their lead baritone. Yeah. And I got uh, my equity card from them. <laughs> Do you like doing operetta? Or did you like doing operetta? I did. I found it enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved, I loved the music. Uh, I, I don't sing it very much now. Right. But... Yeah. Um, there's I don't think anyone does that call. much. Yeah. There's not a lot of call for it. I mean, they no. did the Merry Widow at, at uh, uh, up in Lincoln Center yeah. many years ago. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's wow. So cool. Now, were you taking voice lessons in the early stages of all of this? Um, when I worked for the Light Opera of Manhattan, uh, the artistic director, Bill Mount Burke, uh, put me in touch with uh, my very one of my very first voice teachers, uh, uh, Bob Baird, who was a, a oh, yeah. bass at the um, the Metropolitan Opera. So I worked with him, and that was incredible because he was so old school. Right. You know, he'd put like chains around your your chest. Literally, 
big springs. Yeah. You, know, so you had to like strengthen your chest and oh wow, have me lay on the floor with my <laughs> yeah, lay face out on the floor and he'd stand on my back as I. <laughs> I mean, that's probably where that's probably where my strength ended up coming from. That's because intense. holy cow, he wasn't a light guy. So it was right. <laughs> but it was he was yeah he was one of my first voice teachers. That's cool. Did you think you were going to have a career solely in opera and light operetta? Or no, light opera? no, no. Yeah, I was. It, the gra- it's like the grass is always greener. Mm. And I had a natural voice. Uh, I could I could sing, and yes, I ended up developing it. But I always wanted to be known as an actor. Mm. So I always strove to do roles uh, that were dramatically um, uh, that fed me dramatically, mm. you know. And they weren't just uh, featherweight kind of right. roles. Yeah. Um, so I, I really pushed that, and I pushed that, and it's it's uh, it took a while, but you know I'm, uh, you know I think my my talents are equal. Yeah. Did you have any role models while you were beginning this journey? Were there anybody that you looked up to and said, "Boy, I really admire them for their talent," or "Boy, I admire them for their career trajectory," or were you just doing it? Um, when I was when I was studying. Uh, with Bob Baird and I was and I was singing at the Light Opera in Manhattan. I followed um, <clears throat> Cheryl Milnes, who was a major opera mm-hmm. baritone, mm-hmm. was one of my idols. Wow. Uh, uh, Placido Domingo also. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so that was in that that period of time when I started doing more musical theater. Uh, uh, it was John Cullum. Uh, it was John Raitt. Uh, uh, it was Len Cariou. Yeah, uh, those are the guys that are um, that I. Uh, 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 Robert Goulet, you know, those are the guys that are um, uh, closest to me. Yeah. Now we ask a lot of our guests when you first started this out, <laughs> what was your go-to audition song? I sang "I Have Dreamed" from The King and I. Yes. And if they needed an up tempo, I just sang it faster. <laughs> I had really? I had a zero repertoire, and I, I because I knew I wasn't in right. The you didn't go to school for that, yeah. And I didn't know where to look, and I wasn't. I'm not like a, a real theater aficionado. Yeah. I didn't like listen to musical theater soundtracks yeah. a lot, and sure. Uh, so it's yeah, I, I still have a lousy you know book. I need <laughs> still <laughs> working on funny. trying to get a better. book. I think you're okay, Bob. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it faster. If you've got suggestions for this new student, Bob. Yes, of course. We'll uh, bring them on. Just revamp that. (laughs) Uh, When did the, the, was the Rothschilds, did that happen uh, around this time too? Uh, Weren't you a part of that? Uh, Yeah. Um, That was in 1990. Oh. 91. So then before that was like Camelot. How does uh, Camelot come into your life? Um. I auditioned for that. Uh, this was in 1987. Oh, okay. 86. Or was it 85? 80, it was 80, 85 or 86. I did. Um, I auditioned for it, and I uh, got a got the job in the ensemble uh, and covering Lancelot. Nice. And um, I did one tour, which was like a six month tour, and then. It closed, and then we went out again, and then I took over the role that second time around. And that was, 
that was the time that my parents actually said, okay, we'll, we'll buy this. Because I was working with an actor that they recognized. Your king uh, was... Richard Harris. Yeah, that's a uh, pretty recognizable uh, epic yeah. guy. He, epic, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good way to describe him. Um, was that one of your first sort of like... We'll call him a celebrity that you had worked with. Oh, I yeah. mean, was that? I mean, because that. I mean, that can be a little nerve wracking too. I mean, to oh yeah, especially it's legendary, incredibly intimidating because he's he's huge. He's larger than life. Yeah, and um, and loud. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Richard, <laughs> Richard is very boisterous and and um, he's always like high energy and up there and and yeah, it was intimidating because I would watch movies with him in it and I knew exactly who he was oh. and, and I admired him and. Um, and to be able to share the stage with him was in, was incredible. Right. And that was the first time though mom and dad were like, okay, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they said you're going to be okay, but it was <laughs> kind of like, well, we will kind of let you, we'll, you know, they accepted it yeah. then. <laughs> Who was your Guinevere yeah. on, your, on your tour? Elizabeth Williams. Um, who she goes by Grayson now, I believe. Huh. She's uh, and she lives in North Carolina, South Carolina. Huh. She sings opera. Oh, okay. Wow. All right, cool. And, Very other th- cool. and other things. But she's she was wonderful. Did you enjoy touring? I did when I was younger. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's not something that appeals to me now. True. Uh, but also the cities back then were really kind of intriguing and yeah. different and right. and exciting. And now they're all, it's all kind of homogenized to Agreed. some extent. Now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What advice would you give people that that go on the road? How to keep your 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 sanity? How to keep your your wits about you when you're traveling day in day out? Um, probably the best thing to do is to have something else that interests you. Um, have something bring it with you, whether it's a uh, an instrument or if you want to write or. Um, uh, you know, I also I, I fantasized when I was on tour that if I continued doing touring, I would probably write a book about um, the places to go in each city for uh-huh. for actors to. Oh, uh, I'm giving this idea to whoever you know wants to come up with you know and do this. But um, that's you know I thought about doing something like that. So I started putting together ideas of restaurants and things to do yeah. and stuff like that. That's so a really cool idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you like writing? I do. Yeah? Yeah, I write every day. Uh, wow. I, I journalize, you know, so I, I write a lot. And um, and I'm, you know, thinking, I've written some short stories, I've written some poetry, nothing that I've put out there. Right. Yeah. I may but still doing it, that's great. Yeah. That's just the act of sitting down every day to do it is half the battle. Yeah, it's, it, it's a commitment. Yeah. And now, speaking of smaller stories, Rothschilds, hmm. the first time yeah. you did it. Where did you do it the first time? <laughs> we did it. Um, it. It started off at the American Jewish Theater, oh. which was uh, in the basement of a Gristides <laughs> on Only in 23rd New York. Street. <laughs> no, not 23rd. 27th or something. Uh, and... Um, and we were it's a very small area and then we moved to Circle in the Square downtown oh uh, which was like a bowling alley it's a very long uh, stage area with a very tiny backstage it was kind of like uh, putting makeup on, on a submarine mm-hmm. and um, and uh, it was a three quarter thrust um, it was a it was a nice big space and, and, and who directed this? Lonnie Price oh yeah you knew that. One no, of Lonnie's first. Did. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was wonderful production. 
And I played uh, Nathan, the middle oh, child. That's a great part. Yeah. And most recently, who did you play? And then it was redone, uh, rewritten um, by Sheldon Harnick and um, uh, Sherman Yellen, who wrote the book. And uh, our director, um, Jeffrey Moss, reconstructed the show. And they rewrote it. Um, uh, there's a lot that's still there, but there's a lot that <clears throat> was trimmed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of extraneous characters, and, and they focused on the, basically on the family, you know, on the on the father right. and the sons. Right. Um, however, Gutula, the wife, was expanded also, and um, and Sheldon wrote two new songs. Oh wow! Which is phenomenal. And yeah. And they put back a new song oh. uh, called uh, uh, oh, "Is It Only It's Only a Map." Um, which was in the production way back when and was cut before it came to Broadway. Okay. And this, this Rothschilds we've talked about on our podcast before, but it's sort of a, I want to say, a lesser-known Bach and Harnick show. Yeah. Even yeah. though at the time it was a, it was a known show, but yeah. today I feel like we don't know as much about it as Fiddler on the Roof or She Loves Me. Right. It was um, back in, was it 1970 that it was on Broadway? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was enormous. Yeah, it was a it was a hit. It was an what, en- but it was an enormous production. Talk about oh. big overblown oh, yeah, productions. Yeah. It was an enormous production, and uh, with a cast of thousands and enormous sets and yeah. things like that. And this has been trimmed down to basically a black box mm-hmm. with just uh, what's the five sons, uh, uh, Meyer, the father, Gitula, and. Three, maybe ten. There's ten altogether. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's intimate, but it's very moving. I got a chance to see it, and the audience loved it. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Oh my oh. gosh, did the audience love it? Yeah, it's a powerful piece, and it's it's uh, you know they wrote this as a response to civil rights. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that they did, and and tell me it's not uh, appropriate for today as well. Amen. And very quickly for our listeners that are un- unaware, what is the story a bit, bit in a nutshell of of this musical? Well, not many people know um, the name Rothschild is uh, is not as well known now, I guess. But it shows up on wine, and it shows up. There's there's the Rothschild Bank in mm-hmm. London, which oh, yeah. is the which is what was established from this uh, from this family. Um, the Rothschilds was a family back in the uh, 1700s in uh, Frankfurt, Germany, and uh, the father Meyer. Uh, they had many, uh, and, and Gitula, his wife. They had many children, but this focuses on the five boys, um, and uh, in trying to make a better life for himself and his family. Um, he was very wise with money, and he uh, he amassed this enormous fortune. And he sent his sons out uh, into the world uh, as the points of of the finger, the hand, to to uh, to amass their wealth uh, in trade and in. Mm-hmm. Um, and in banking. Um, Investments, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they amass this amazing fortune. 
And they tried to not only better themselves and better their, uh, better his son's lives, but also to help his family, help yeah. his uh, his uh, uh, his people um, from getting out of oppression. Yes. So it's a, it's a beautiful story and it's very powerful. And many people may know "In My Own Lifetime," which right. is a, yeah. one of the famous songs that came from that, and it made Hal Linden a star. Yes. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah that. Yeah, he's so incredible. Oh yeah. my god! Did he get a chance? Have you met him, or did you? Did he come to any of your incarnations of this? Uh, no, he did not. But um, before I got involved with this, and because I had been uh, in the Rothschild family because of pre- the previous production, hmm. the original sons of the Rothschilds, the from the original company. Um, uh, Asked asked me because uh, uh, Paul Hecht could not do a benefit performance, and they asked me to join them. Oh wow! And do it along with Hal. So I I was kind of adopted. Yeah. Into the original family. <laughs> not, not bad. And then like once a year they get together and have lunch and they ask me to to be a part of it. So I've kind of got adopted. That's incredible. That's really they still sweet. get together too. Yeah. That's like it's an incredible story. And if our listeners haven't had a chance to listen to the the original oh, cast recording, please you've got do so. to listen to it. Did you make one at the York? <clears throat> Was there one of this new version? Yeah, it's not a live recording, but we did a studio recording. Oh, you did do a studio recording. Oh, yeah, and it's, it's out. Check that yeah. out. It's out. Oh, great. Then we'll put a link up for yeah. everybody to take uh, a listen Jay to. J Records. Now, one of uh, our favorite cast recordings, and so many others, is And the World Goes Round. That was a good one. Uh, that was a good one. How does this project fall into your lap? I auditioned for that, too. Yeah. Um, they had done it at... L- Luna Stage? No, not Luna Stage. It was in New Jersey. Um, they did a production out there. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Brent Barrett was playing mm-hmm. uh, my role out there. And I, for some reason, Brent couldn't do it, and they were recasting the role. So I auditioned for it, and uh, that's how I got the job. And uh, I met, you know, a number of incredible people, and we've all been friends ever since. Uh, who else was in this that? cast? Yes, yes who yeah. Else was in this cast, Jimmy Walton, well, one of our guests on the podcast, Karen yeah. Ziemba, Ugh. Karen Mason, uh, Brenda, Brenda Presley, Presley, and me. It's uh, a good. That's a group. All right? Kendra songs. I mean, can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, and a very inventively staged review. Yeah, it, it wasn't just. You know, you come out in your tuxedo, you sing, and then you move away. Yeah, Susan Stroman did an amazing. There it is. Amazing job, and uh, we dealt with every prop that ever existed. <laughs> we were on roller skates. We played banjos. Uh, uh, Jim was playing the piano on stage. Of course. <laughs> and after Jim left, uh, I took over that track, and I played the piano. And uh, Joel oh. Blum actually came in. Oh, wow. the opening. oh, that's, that's interesting. I didn't know that. that yeah. You switched roles. That's, that's Not. We didn't switch roles. Oh. We switched just that. That one number. That one thing, because oh, I wanted. No. I wanted to play. <laughs> Good for you, Bob. Where was Thanks. that? Where where was that performed? The West Side Theater. Ah, yes. It was the West Side Arts back yes. then. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> did you get a chance to work with John Kander and Fred Ebb? Did they? Oh yeah. What's that like? That was. It was. They're the most generous, supportive people, and you know, Fred Ebb. God bless his soul. And I mean, yeah. just a lovely, lovely man. And John Kander uh, is, you know, equally so. It's just a dear, dear human being. Mm-hmm. And it was just, a, it was the greatest experience to work with 
you know, two icons like that and to, to see how just wonderful human beings they are. Yeah. You know? Do you enjoy having the writers in the room during your rehearsal process? Yeah. 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 Um, hmm. They sometimes, I mean, they are, they will rework things because of what you're doing. Um, wow. And I haven't come across any writers that have been uh, uh, that demanding of their work or the certain way that it needs to be done um, and don't accept a, right. a different approach to it. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the creation of a role. Mm -hmm. So you get a script, you get cast in the show. What, what, how do you approach a role? What, what's your process like? It depends. Uh, if it's historical, uh, then I certainly research the period. I research the character. Uh, see if there's anything from that that strikes me in a certain way that to um, to be able to use. Okay. Um, for example, I did when I did um, <clears throat> Les Mis. I read the entire Victor Hugo novel, which is you bless know, you. Yeah, it's four inches thick. And the Waterloo part. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there was, one, there was one character flaw. I mean, Javert is such a, he's such a put-together person. And there was one instance where they said that he, the only reason that you knew that there was something amiss with him mentally was he had one button unbuttoned. And I incorporated that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So speaking of Les Mis, when did, uh, how did that come into your life? Uh, <clears throat> again, that's interesting, because I, I, as soon as I heard the music to that from the London production, yeah. I was like, I've got to do this show. Yeah. It like, spoke to me. Yeah. And I always wanted to play Angelus, um, the student leader. Yeah. I auditioned for that maybe six times. For the, never, original, the original company? Yeah, I never, I never got it. Then... Um, one day I'm auditioning for another musical. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Um, it had Julie Andrews. It was a review, I think, with Julie Andrews. Putting it together. Was that it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Richard J. Alexander <laughs> was in the room. Um, I forget if he was uh, producing it or general managing it or mm -hmm. what, but he was in the room. I gave a horrible audition. And I left there... You know, dejected, feeling horrible. I'm walking towards the staircase, and I hear this patter of little feet coming after me. And he goes, Bob, Bob, Bob. And I turn around, and it's Richard. And he says, uh, you did great. You did great in there. I'm like, yeah, right. And he said, but we're have a, we have an opening coming up in Les Mis um, for Javert. Are you interested? And I was like, yeah. yeah. So he said, well, we're going to call you in. So they called me in. I auditioned for it. Um, and he said, you're going to play this role. I don't know when, but you will. Huh. And then a couple of months later, he called me because Chuck Wagner was leaving and I was uh, to replace him. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's cool. So you never know where a job's going to come from. Yeah. yeah, that's one thing I think we keep trying to stress to our students, which is, you know, the audition for A might actually lead to D. you got to just make fans. Yeah. 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 Um, was that your Broadway debut? That was, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a debut. Yeah. yeah. It was incredibly exciting. Um uh, again, I, I, as I said before, I, li I listened to this music and I was, this is a dream yeah. 
this was a dream for me. And um, it's funny because I'll tell a personal story. When I, when I was doing, I did Phantom up at the, not the more, the more yes. The more yes Phantom, Phantom, yeah. Up at the Westchester Dinner Theater. And my sisters came <clears throat> to opening night. It was a dinner theater. They, they came decked out to the nines. Nice. They had like rhinestones and everything. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they looked terrific. So uh, I said, you all look great. And, then, and they said, well, for Broadway, it's boas. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> so when this thing came up, I didn't tell them that I even auditioned for it or I got the job. I went down to six, they went down 6th Avenue. And you know those stores that have, you know, the... Uh, accoutrement. Yes. And, uh, yes. They, all the beads the, are the, accessories. I went into a dozen of those and looked for three black boas. And you know, I'd say, "Do you have any boas?" And they all look at me up and down, like, yeah. I'm "Like, it's not for me." <laughs> <laughs> so I got three black boas. I put them in boxes, and on the inside flap of the box, I just said, "Call your brother." So oh. I sent it to my sisters, and they they knew exactly what it meant. That oh. is special. So that was yeah, that was that was great. Were you um, when you were because you were put into the show because the show yeah. was already running? Were you the only one going into it at that time? No, um, David. Dudu Fisher uh-huh. um, was going in as um, Jean Valjean. Oh, okay. At the same time, so they put us both in at the exact same time. That's nice. Which was really cool because right. we were both learning the ropes at the exact right. same time. And um, and Javert, uh, I know Blame is very well because I did it uh, as well. Um, how much time is Javert on stage? Would you say? Because Javert, a lot of characters double parts, but. Javert doesn't have to do that. He and Valjean are the are. only characters that don't do that because Fantine is a bullet boy in the second act. Uh, you're right. Um, so, and how long did you stay with Les Mis as well? As I stayed with Les Mis for a year, one month, and three days. And I, I know that exact thing because uh, that's when Jekyll and Hyde came up and uh, Richard J. Alexander... Right. Uh, they would sign us to three-month contracts. Three-month contracts? I, I, t- I don't know. To keep their options open. Cameron I McIntosh. Know. I don't know why. Cameron. But I had just re-signed a contract, and uh, <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde came up, and Richard J. let me out of my contract to do it. Oh. So wow. I, I tell him all the time, I, I owe you for I, I owe you for that. You helped change the course of my career. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. Oh, and, and both ways. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You in, following after you in that hallway, patter-patter, and totally. then also letting you out of that contract, yeah. which I feel like is, doesn't happen very often. No, he's been a great business. friend yeah. since. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So let's talk about yes, Jekyll and Hyde. It's this, time. This, this, I knew it was going to rear its ugly head. It's juggernaut. <laughs> we might spend more time talking about the Rothschilds and Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, I was gonna, so we'll get to Lone Star Love later. Yeah, where you, where, where you have Oh that. my God. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, How much longer is this? <laughs> so, so tell us, uh, w- uh, let's talk about the audition process for Jekyll and Hyde. What exactly did that entail? Um, I went through th- three auditions in the course of, I don't know, six months. Oh. Maybe four, four months. I may have the dates. I may have the time. Uh, vague. And did you know anything about it before the audition? Had there been any concept albums or like anything on your radar? No, because... <clears throat> Actually, the concept album with Linda and um, Anthony Warlow yes. was being recorded as the audition process was happening. See, so I never heard that. I think I probably heard the the pre-concept album, whatever you want to call it, no. with she and Colm Wilkinson right. that they did in London. Um, but I knew of the I knew of the project. Uh, I didn't know a whole lot about it, but again, I, I knew this was my role. And um, oh. I had, uh, uh, I was, uh, uh, I, I was actually sitting at lunch with uh, my agent at the time, and a casting director friend came over and said, they're doing this Jekyll and Hyde, you need to get seen for that. So I was going, uh, I, I told my agent to send in a copy of me singing Kiss of the Spider Woman because I figured that was the closest yes. to that kind of style. And um, she said she did. I never heard anything about it. And then I did get an audition for it. And um, <clears throat> everybody had missed their plane. Uh, <laughs> Frank, Frank Young had missed his plane who was running uh, Theater Under the Stars uh-huh. in Houston. And um, uh, our director, whose name runs the alley, Greg Boyd, mm-hmm. uh, missed his plane also. Mm-hmm. So the only person in the room was Frank Wildhorn and the accompanist. <laughs> so I sang uh, This Is The Moment, and I think I sang some of Alive. And then Frank proceeded to have me cite sing most of the score we just sat around the, st- on the table and just sang for a while um, and he said that, that's great you'll, you'll be hearing from us I'm like great month went by didn't hear a thing <laughs> more weeks went by didn't hear a thing then I finally get called back in again and everybody did make their plane oh good and uh, I sang again and, and uh, I read again and uh that was great. Thank you. We'll be hearing from us. And uh, then I, you know, left and didn't hear anything. But I, I, I didn't know they were recording the concept album at the same right. time. So that's probably why, you yeah. know, they were not responsive. Um, and then I 
I came in and I did another audition. Went away, didn't hear anything. And then I went on vacation. I was still doing Les Mis. I went on vacation. I was in LA. And towards the middle of my vacation, my agent calls me and says, Frank wants you to come in for another work session. And I said, no. They saw me three times already. What? what? And I, I sang you know, the whole freaking score for him. So I said, I can't. I'm on, I'm, oh, I'm on vacation. I'm in L.A. I can't. It must have been hard to, a little bit. It was. Yeah. But it was. Um, but then I, I flew back home on a Sunday. Um, Monday morning, I had a phone call. I got the job. Wow. <laughs> Good for you. That's yeah. incredible. So that was, that was really exciting. Um, what were your initial reactions listening to the music for the first time, especially in a room with Frank Wildhorn? Oh, I got it, it was it was exhilarating. Yeah, and to be able to sing that, yeah, I I couldn't not give my heart, my whole soul to it. It was just like the power of that music was just incredible. What's so yeah. powerful about that story, that particular story? You know, it's it's not just it's not just Jekyll and Hyde. I think it's every Gothic story. Um, <clears throat> that's ever been written. Phantom of the Opera, you know, Jekyll and Hyde, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. They all, they all are eternal because they speak to the eternal in us. Mm-hmm. And Jekyll and Hyde is about the battle between, you know, the good and the dark place in us and the good place in us, which everybody goes through. Right. Every single day of their lives. Universal. So they all they all connect to it. Yeah. That struggle. And then something like you said, you also see in Phantom and Hunchback. It's this this gothic idea that somehow is eternal in all of us. Yeah. That's interesting. That's really really interesting. I never thought of that way before. It's a it's a vocal Olympiad of a role. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, and yes, and and you were doing Javert, which is a more of a I want to say a, a baritone role with some high notes, but right. now you're. I would call you a tenor when I listen to Joe. Well, Barry Tenor. I mean, right. you're singing way up there. Yeah. How do you keep your? How did you keep yourself, you know, focused and carry the show on your shoulders? Uh, I had. Yeah, I was on a voice lesson every week. Oh. Oh yeah. You know, because uh, just to keep myself in tune. Yeah. Because it's very easy to throw yourself off because I'm doing do different voices. Right. And physical. I was. And, I yeah. was at the chiropractor three times a week. He said every time you came in, it looked like you were in a, tra- a car accident. Oh my goodness. Because I'm throwing your body right, all yeah. Because each character was a different position, and I, I had a mental therapist every week too. So I mean, all right then, I had yeah. therapy every week. Uh, so you were busy off stage. So <laughs> yeah, it's people don't realize. I mean, lay people don't realize the amount of work that goes into. It's a 24-hour-a-day job doing a show. You know, it's not yeah. just oh, you're only doing it for three hours a day. Did you feel the, any pressure by being the uh, the? The, the title character. I mean, I mean, the, sure. It's yeah. I I I feel that respo- responsibility. Yeah, responsibility. But I I I take it on, and I, it's it's you know that's part of who I am. I'm a very responsible person, uh-huh. so yeah. I think that that's I just um, uh, I don't I don't shy away from that. And this was correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first musical that you're originating, correct? Because everything else at that point had either been a revival of some sort or something you had been replacing. And am I am I correct in that or no? Well, as far as you know, Broadway goes or, or yeah. off Broadway, but you know, regional sure. stuff I had done. You did yeah. some new works, and yeah, so like Phantom, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And the, the process of putting on a new work, uh, how is that different than than doing a revival of some sort or doing something that had been around for a couple of years? 
Um, the trial and error that goes into it, because you know, at, the director doesn't necessarily have everything all mapped out. Right. You know, you're going to do it like this, and then it's like this, and then like this. It's like we we we'll try this to see what that looks like. We'll try something else. We'll see what that looks like. I remember we did the confrontation, um, the big eleven o'clock number. Um, this is the Broadway production that we're doing, and. Oh, first of all, the Broadway production was the third that I had done. Where, where had you gone before that? Well, we did a production. It was a co-production between Theater Under the Stars mm-hmm. in Houston and Seattle Fifth Avenue. So we did a mini tour there. And then we did the national tour, mm-hmm. which was basically the same production as the, there was some, as the, uh, the mini thing. Um, all before Broadway. All before Broadway. Oh and <clears throat> those two productions were slightly different. But then Broadway was completely different. The totally different set. It was a, it was a very different script. Um, some new songs were did, put in. Did the director stay the same the whole time? No. Yeah. Greg Boyd directed the other two, and um, Robin Phillips took over the Broadway one. And were you ever worried that, like, you were going to get the axe at all? Absolutely. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I was never confident in my role. Because first of all, it was a. Uh, I told you I was I, I uh, um, uh, was very much connected to the big Broadway baritones, you know John Raitt and yeah. uh, John Collum and everything, right. and that's not what this role needed. Right. It needed a pop rock singer. Yeah. Which is not something that I really did. Yeah. So it was a style I had to learn, and <clears throat> you know God bless Frank. Uh, Wildhorn and um, and his team because they and Linda she was very supportive and they all Linda suppo- Etter Linda yeah. Etter yeah they all supported me and and uh, helped me grow as a pop rock singer and this means like to be technical like straight toning and straight toning a wider sound yeah. uh, without hurting yourself exactly yeah. in a healthy way which helped that you had all that training from yeah. your opera teacher before yeah, stepping it's true. Your, it's, I mean really it's true uh, you know that might be the only way you could have done it. There's only one way to sing, yeah. and then you learn how to adapt different styles from that. That's yeah. a really good. Oh, that's fantastic! That's fantastic. Thing yeah, that's fantastic. Did, was there anything that uh, was removed from those two previous productions before you got to Broadway that you wish had been in the Broadway production? Is there anything that you missed? No. I mean, there were some. <laughs> there were some things that were fun to do. I mean, there was a, a song called "The World Has Gone Insane," uh, which we did, and uh, the pre-Broadway tour. And we did it maybe three shows, and they cut it. But they had these big monolithic walls that would move, and and I and you know they basically said, "Well, go do it." You know, they didn't yeah. say what to do or whatever. <laughs> I was like, good. "Go do it." So I literally good climbed direction. the walls. Oh like, my god! And, and singing, the world has gone insane, and doing it was it was just nuts. <laughs> <That's> insane. <laughs> it was insane. But it, it was uh, there was some fun. There was some fun stuff. Let's let's talk about confrontation. Because it's an iconic visual moment yeah. in musical theater history. Where did this idea come about that if you just flip your hair one way or the other, we'll get the two personalities coming out? Jeez. Uh, <clears throat> because it's, brilli- it's brilliant. Oh, yes. It's absolutely brilliant. I think that was a combination between Robin and me um, where that came out. But, uh, but uh, when you said... You know what? How do how do things happen in a new production? You know, in rehearsals and everything. This is one thing that changed a lot, and we really discovered some stuff. 
there was one rehearsal where Robin actually had two ropes tied to me in an X. And um, <clears throat> the cast was on those ropes, like a tug of war. Tug of war oh. Yeah. And uh, he had them pull me back and forth, you know, and that was kind of the, the inception of it. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then after we did that and, and it wasn't really, the idea was there, but it wasn't really working, he came up to me and says, uh, how would you feel about doing this by yourself? And I'm like, yeah. So that's where, that's where it became a just wow. a solo tug of war thing. Yeah, and I the think the hair collaboration. Yeah, I think the hair kind of, you know, just came huh. out of that and how to pull out just half of it so it didn't all right. come out and how to flip back and everything. And now I understand why you were going to a chiropractor. If you watch, if you watch it, you're whipping yourself back and forth so fast. Yeah, that and the initial. Um, uh, the initial transformation and throw myself on the floor and I flip myself around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, yeah. It was, yeah. But stupid. all choreographed within an inch of its life? No. 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 Uh, there was one, um, there was one day when I uh, uh, asked our choreographer to help me with the, uh, some moves or something for the confrontation and Robin just like yelled, said no, no, no. He just did not want choreography involved in it at all. He just made me do it myself. Oh, wow. I have to ask you, because this, I think, is the first show in musical theater history that has diehard fans. There was no other show. I mean, there were people Well, that, Phantom. Well, fa- yeah, but I mean, right, you, guys, but you guys had names. They called them Jackies, right? Well, yeah. I don't know, where the, I don't know who named them, them that. whether they did or, or we did. I don't know. I think something can be said, too, about the advent of the Internet at this time period yes. as well. Because the Internet was, right. I mean, as crazy as it may sound, it was just coming into existence for... Fan, uniting fans of theater on, yes. on a on an instant scale, as opposed to writing letters and all of that. And I think that I, when I think back in that time, I think that the internet really unified a lot of people who l- truly love, love, love you yeah. and the show. I just well, really, also uh, they they did something different with this, uh, where they they released the album before we came in, right? Uh, which is not normally done. I mean, the, the show opens up and then they do a cast album, but you know, this had this cast concept album out, which was got worldwide, you know, appeal and praise. And that's where the fans had to say, I've got to see this show. And that's where they would, they would come in the show. I mean, the reaction inside the theater was the reaction you would get inside of a theater. People right. would cheer after some songs or you'd get applause. And, um, but outside the stage door, there were just rows of people. And I've never seen anything like that in my life. How long were you with the show on Broadway? Uh, two years on Broadway. Two years on Broadway. Oh my and basically gosh. two years before that. Mm-hmm. And then once uh, you leave that production, what do you do next? I couldn't sing a note after I was done with that. It's like I didn't have another note in me. And I, I was exhausted. You know, it's like I, I, I left when I was kind of at my peak. Yeah. I felt that um, I want to leave when I'm still riding high and not when I'm at the point where people said, you know, he should have left. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, I, I, was, uh, I was pretty exhausted, and I just, like, was no, um, I was sung out. So uh, I went on vacation, and then I went to L.A. for a while. Huh. For, with the purpose of? 
trying to see what I can do in film and TV and establish myself there. Did you get, while you were in Jekyll and Hyde, I mean, it's a high-profile role, was there interest from your agent or from casting directors or to go in that direction? Did that help in that transition? I did, I did shoot a you film. Know? I shot an independent film. Mm-hmm. I also... Uh, Shot a Woody Allen film, Celebrity. Hey, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that experience when you walked in the for that audition? That was hilarious, actually, because it was you'd walk into a room. It was pretty dark, <laughs> and and Woody was nowhere to be found, but he was in the back, like behind the curtains. <laughs> he didn't want to meet, but he just wanted to like see who it, who I was, and like you didn't have any material to do. No, he just. Walked into a room. Walked into the room, and I talked to the casting director for a minute, and then walked out, and then you know I found out well Woody was in the room, and, and you know <laughs> yeah I hear that he's so he hides okay, maybe he hides. He's shy, maybe he's shy and must know. I mean must he's painfully shy yeah uh, but I will tell you that I saw Celebrity because you were advertised in it. I was a big Jekyll and Hyde fan, and that was the main Wait. reason I saw Celebrity. Rob, <laughs> I'm being dead serious. I did not know this about oh, you absolutely. all this time it talking was a, musicals, and I never knew that you yeah. were a Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, fan. I love Jekyll and Hyde. It was oh, a God. brief shining moment. Did you say, is it the impossible dream? I am the impossible dream. Oh. At a reunion, right? Nice. Yeah. But uh, one of the greatest things about that was, well, yes, working with Woody. I, I mean, he didn't give me any direction whatsoever. But uh, I think I asked him once, I mean, do you have any, any notes from me? He says, just do what you do. I'm like, okay. Okay. And I think that's what he did. He hires people that just do yeah. what they yeah. do. And, um, but hanging out with Kenneth Branagh. I mean... And with Alfred Molina on the street oh. talking about theater and whatever. I mean, that was the best part of the whole thing. That's oh. so cool. Yeah. yeah. Check out Celebrity. All right. And, and look for the impossible yeah. dream because it's, it's, yeah. it's Have you ever played Man of La Mancha? I mean, Don yeah. Quixote? Yeah. All right, good. Because yeah. like, I'd pay good but money I wanna, to see you do that. I want to do that again. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. 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 <laughs> so you, you, you finish up, you do your nine months in L.A., you're back in New York. What next? Um, According to the I post. feel like it's the, one of the hardest things in this business is when you've been associated with an iconic role, yeah. and then it's like, all right, now what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's one of the hardest parts of our business sometimes, based on what we've talked about with the other people. Uh, yeah. Um, it was, um, well, it took me. Because casting knows you as one thing, you know. They, it took me a long time to get another Broadway show. Yeah. I mean, my next Broadway show was Spider-Man. Yeah. After Jekyll and Hyde. That's so long. Did you go out to do regional stuff? I did. A, I, I went out to regionals. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about regional theater yeah. in, uh, in, in America? Um, and what kind of projects did you look for or did you look for and or did you say yes to uh, I, and where? I started doing um, I started doing everything. I started doing Shakespeare. Nice. Uh, I decided that it was it was time for me to like really focus more on my craft and, and uh, focus more as an actor. And I did a lot of um, a lot of Shakespeare, as I said, a lot of straight plays, uh-huh. um, a lot of contemporary plays, um, and uh, new musicals. So I, I, I did a lot of everything. I worked all yeah. over the country in regional theater. That's and it was great. I really yeah. enjoyed it, and, and I got a lot out of it. You probably learn more about Shakespeare and new work, you know, plays by just doing it too. I imagine. 
Yeah. You know, and working yeah. with other actors who have focused solely on that. Maybe they've never done a musical in their life. And right. all of a sudden yeah. you're with this guy who's like, all he did was study the text his whole life. And then, you know, because there are all those, I know those Shakespeare yeah. files who are like, yeah. okay, yes. <laughs> like, where's the beat stop, you know? And, right. You know, and, and, and it is musical, so it helps that you had done musical theater because it sh- I, I do it find is. that Shakespeare is as there. It helps if you know the rhythm of it. Yeah, actually, my first Shakespeare was at New Jersey Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, Bonnie Monty mm-hmm. uh, said to me, "I'd done a musical out there with Dana Reeve and um, Mark Jacoby." Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And um, during the course of that, well, she didn't direct, but she came up to me. She said, "You can do Shakespeare. Do you want to?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And then she gave me Antony and Antony and Cleopatra, which is like... <laughs> Talk about... It's a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. Let, me mean, just, yeah, let me just ease you in. No. <laughs> sure. So um, with Tamara Tooney, which was... Oh, oh my God. God. Which is fantastic. That's really cool. Yeah. No, I did a lot of, I did a lot of really good stuff. And Shakespeare Theater in D.C. and yeah. um, uh, other regional works and new musicals and, and uh, some new plays. And it was just... An, it was an exciting yeah. time. And I learned a lot. And it, I grew as an actor. That's exciting. Very yeah. exciting. Well, okay, I have to ask you, do you have a favorite Shakespeare role that you've played? Yeah, Iago. Oh, nice. where'd you do that? In New Jersey, Shakespeare. Oh, my, I would kill to have seen that. Yeah, it was fabulous. I loved it. Um, I'd love to do that again. I'd love to play, you know, the Scottish King again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's some... Uh, there's a lot that I haven't done. There's a lot of new, mm-hmm. a lot of Shakespeare I haven't done that I like to. Is there one that's you know, like, oh, I really want to do this one right now? I'm feeling it. Well, I'm still a little young for Lear. I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> gotta <laughs> wait, I'll wait some wait. time for that, but that's okay. That'll Maybe happen. Prospero. Mm-hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. yeah, Matthew Prospero. Have, uh, Malvolio? Have you ever done a Malvolio? I haven't. No. I think that'd be fun to see. That would be fun to. It'd be a different type, but I think it'd be I really like fun it. to see it. All right, I'm done casting now. Sorry. Um, one of my favorite things I've <laughs> ever. You can go back to real estate. <laughs> <laughs> Lone Star yes. Love. Oh God! All right. Let, just a little bit. I I, I saw in uh, an out of town trial in at Great Lakes Theater Festival, uh, 2001. I want to say it was a while ago, and then a couple years later. With Randy Quaid, they were going to have this. Pre- well, they did it off Broadway, right? Um, and it was called Lone. It was called uh, Merry Wives of Windsor, yes. Texas, right? And then they changed it to Lone Star Love, right. which is a much better title. With Randy Quaid and as he, our star, yes. And wasn't he involved <coughs> in it financially too? I don't know if that. I feel like he was a yeah. producer of some kind on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So what's your question? So <laughs> very quickly, I got a fish very quickly. This is like watching the hearings I know. on TV. This is great. <laughs> you had the same microphones too. Yes. <laughs> um, well, first, how did you get involved with it? Uh, I auditioned yeah. for it, yeah. um, like I did with many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and um, John Rando oh. was uh, was technically the director. Of it, but he ended up having to, I think because of the, the, the time got shifted or something like that, and he ended up was having to direct a movie, but he became the, uh, 
the overall supervisor of it, and Randy mm-hmm. Skinner ended up directing it. Mm. But I auditioned for John Rando and uh, auditioned for uh, the role of Ford. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I just auditioned for it. Okay, yeah. and then how far along in the process did, did we get with this production? Um, we went to the Fifth Avenue in mm-hmm. Seattle. Well, first of all, we rehearsed it here. Right. Um, in the lyrics rehearsal space, the lyric theater's rehearsal space. Okay. And Randy Quaid was? He was playing Falstaff. Okay. And uh, we were, this was an out-of-town just warm-up. We were coming to Broadway. Yeah. We were going to the Belasco. Yeah. And the marquee was up. The marquee was up. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a great cast, uh, uh, Lauren Kennedy, D. Hody, uh, um, Dan Sharkey, mm-hmm. I know Dan. Uh, Clark Thorell, um, God, who else? Um, anyway, and Randy Quaid. Yeah, and we had a we had a good rehearsal period. Uh, uh-huh. It all it all seemed to go well, and his wife uh, Evie was uh, also on hand. She was pretty much his manager. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had this concept of um, using a movie, having a movie screen with a projection of a stampede with Randy on a bull. And then he'd get thrown from the bull and get thrown through the, he'd jump through the screen. Mm-hmm. And that was his entrance. Oh, it was a great okay. entrance. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, Evie spent all of her time doing that, uh, working on the, the film. And so she was kind of out of the picture and we were just rehearsing and Randy was fine to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, um, uh, that all seemed to go well. And then we went to Seattle and everything changed. How how did it change? I I really don't know. I mean, it, well, um, I don't know if I know all the details correctly or not, but I think he, uh, whether he was a co-producer or he had a, as an investor, but I think he had creative control over his role. Mm-hmm. And ha- since his role is pretty much the show, he has creative control over right. the show. So he had a different idea as to how the show should go. Um, I think he was thinking that it needs to be a, a broke back mountain kind of a thing. Oh, Mind you, this is Merry Wives of Windsor. <laughs> Merry. Wives mm-hmm. of yeah. Windsor. So... Uh, he wanted to to uh, change the story, and because that's not the way our script writers wanted it to go, right. uh, it went nowhere. And were you in performances at this point? We were in performances. We were in previews, and the only thing that we could rehearse was the curtain call. And we rehearsed a curtain call every day. You, because because you, that's the only thing we could rehearse. <laughs> And we couldn't change anything else. So uh, it was it was ugly. It got really really ugly, and many things happened, and threats were uh, laid towards our producer, towards our writer, uh, towards you know John uh, Rando from the Quades, from the Quades, yeah. and. Uh, <clears throat> By the time the last, he hired security guards and they were, they uh, um, no guarded way. his dressing room. 
and we're all on the same floor, and it's you guarded the dressing. Like there would be like a person standing out of the dressing room that was yeah, a, yeah. Okay, all yeah. right. And that's wild. Yeah, I was, mean, going to work—that's a little wild. That's yeah, a little, it was not a—it was not a good environment. And then and you got to be on stage and be opposite him. Every you know, you don't barely talk to someone, then all of a sudden you're <laughs> to interact with them on stage. Yeah, and I had a good working relationship with him. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, and there was one day he actually called me in my dressing room, which was you know, <laughs> ten feet away from his, and he called me and he said, "Come, I, I, I want to talk to you. Come on in." So I'm like, okay. So I went on in and I told the security guard he called me. So, <laughs> so they let me in and I talked with him and and you know he wanted to talk about the the show and I knew that it was not going and it was a very awkward situation because I didn't know what to say. Yeah. But um, uh, then uh, we all found out uh, we were all in our hotel uh, and we all found out that we were not going to Broadway. And mind you, there were kids that were just making their railway yeah. debut. They yeah. just got their equity card on yeah. this. And everybody was in the lobby crying. It was yes. just, it was sad. It was heartbreaking. And, um, and what was the reason that they gave for not going to Broadway? Because Randy would not allow any changes to the show. And he, you know, there was nothing you could do with it. And it's not ready to go. Yeah. And um, uh, then he left the show the last week. Um, he, he did not finish the run. He did not finish the run. He claimed that he was ill. And uh, he did not, and he and his wife left. And um, Tony Lawson was his understudy. And Tony took over the last week. Yeah, yeah. And did a wonderful job. Yeah. And, um, huh. and we all came home, and that was the end of that. And we went to equity, and we filed a complaint and I gave a seven-page deposition, and because as going back, I write yeah. <laughs> every yes. day. Yes. So I had dates and events and everything, and uh, we got him kicked out of equity and fined, kicked out of equity for life. Now that I did not know. Mm. And fined, yeah. Wow. It's amazing how one individual could could do that. It's yeah. incredible. But what I've heard is, and you, you saw and you were in it, is that the score is actually quite wonderful. Red, score, Red Clay Ramblers, Red right? Red Clay Ramblers. Yeah. This sort of Tennessee and they were in, sound. And they were in the cast. Right. They were on stage. They were playing. Right. right. Yeah. But they were also, you know, yeah. they played Bartol and, yeah. and yeah. they played characters. Well, hopefully I the, loved it. the yeah. score will come back at some point in some incarnation because I heard mm-hmm. it was really wonderful. I, you know, there's some there's something in the ether about it. I hope to God it yeah. does because I think it's a great, Yeah, I think it's it was a great show. Fantastic. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your solo albums that you've put out and your concert work oh, that you do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what albums have we done recently? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm the totally kidding. <laughs> I was kidding. I'm sorry. The Look of Love is the only, um, is the only solo album I have done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Is there going to be a second one coming out? Yeah, I think there will. Cool. I don't know what yet. Uh, it took me forever to figure that one out. Really? Let's talk about the process of putting a solo album together. Where do you Oy. start on this? <laughs> money. Mon- okay, okay, we got the money always. Money is money is one way to start, and also the idea. Yeah. And what was the idea for the look of love? Well, the the, the thing that bothered me is that I don't I don't want to do. Um, you know, a lot a lot of Broadway performers do Broadway. Albums, yep. You know, and and that's all fine. That's all well and good. I I, d- I just didn't want to do that. 
there was, and I was waiting for something that really spoke to me. And the more I listened to the standards, the more I realized how much I really love that music. Yeah. I'm really, you know, very connected to that music. And, um, and then I decided to put together a show because the lyrics are so wonderful. And I actually heard like the story of my love life in, in all those, those songs. Yeah. And what was amazing about it is that one actually connected to another, actually connected to another, actually connected to another. So I, I found that you don't even need any dialogue. You can just mm, do one yeah. song to the next and it tells the whole story. So that's where that idea came from. What yeah. are some of the ideas for the second one? What else do you want to do? Anything? I don't have an idea just yet. Shakespeare? Anything Shakespeare related? Do you want to set some of those sonnets to music and off you go? <laughs> I like that. That'd be an interesting idea. Who knows? I also pitch ideas in, in the yeah, fourth part good. of the it's podcast. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gave out my ideas for, for a, a tour book. So. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm waiting for ideas coming to me. <laughs> Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.